Hello and welcome to the 18th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show we interview video game developers and ask them about their starting industry, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on developers themselves and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is The Bridge. So we have Ty Taylor from the Quantum Astrophysicist Guild to tell us about The Bridge. Ty, please tell us about yourself. Who are you and what do you do? Well, I am the designer and the programmer for The Bridge, which is a black and white MC Escher inspired uh, indie game. It's kind of like Isaac Newton takes control over gravity and goes through all these crazy uh, Escherian impossible architectures. Indeed, indeed. Before we go diving into that, let's find out a little bit about yourself. Sure. Because, um, how did you start making games? How did you make? How did you? I have been making you know games and puzzles for literally as long as I can remember. Like as a little kid, I would always obsessively just draw mazes or invent board games or invent trading card games to make my annoyed family play. But. Um, <laughs> I started programming about 10 years ago. Um, as soon as I was able to, you know, access a computer and had the enough intelligence to start coding, I, I was doing so and making video games. What was the first so, language you dived into? C++. Was it basic? Oh, right. So you, um, just, you went straight into C++, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, simple C++. Um, I don't think I knew what a pointer was until a couple years in, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> It, it was enough to get me by with, you know, print statements and uh, uh, just making simple simple uh, text adventures or what have you. Um, okay. uh, but that, that was, of course, you know, teaching myself how to program. And then I went to school for it and actually learned how to properly uh, program and create much better games with graphics. And, um, and yeah, so The Bridge is one of my, my first major releases. And I've worked on it for about three years. Right, yeah, and it's still going on you're still we were talking about the game really because it's the mac and linux versions are coming out now but um there's lots it's, it's a very unique game in many respects and one of the things that one of the big questions we've got about it is really sort of related to you is what what do you think has influenced you the most over all these years of making games what's the thing that you keep on returning to or, or things I, I think or, a lot of people I think a lot of uh, game developers get influenced by other games, but what I typically get influenced by is art, actually. Um, right. If I look through artwork, I'm like, wow, what would it be like to make a game that looks like it? And, you know, I was incredibly influenced by MC Escher, obviously for the for the bridge, but, like, I've, I've been a fan of, of Escher forever since I, you know, first saw his... I could his... stare at those for hours. Think... Exactly, and I could, you know... I could too. And I always imagined myself you know, walking or what would it be like to walk around inside of relativity or, you know, the impossible staircase or any of those, like what would it be like to actually be inside of those, those drawings? That's the one and, thing that always drew me as well is that's really, how would you get from that staircase <laughs> to that staircase without breaking your neck? You know, it's just, and yeah, it had breaking people, the universe for that you, matter. But, yeah. Or breaking um, the universe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so the only way to do that is through a video game, which is why I made the bridge in the first place. So staring into not just Asia, cause there's many other, um, artists that do similar things. Sure. Uh, twist reality. I remember there's this wonderful picture I saw of, um, a portrait 
sadly, I've been trying to find who did it and what it resolved, but it's just something that struck me. I saw it at the... And one of the things that I can share with you, um, one of the things that uh, UK journalists do before they go off to E3 is we have these special events that have nothing to do with E3 just before we go, just to basically cleanse our heads before the onslaught of the media that is E3. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things we do, one of the things we do, we went to the Getty Museum in Los Angeles and we wandered around this, this, looking at these amazing, amazing paintings. And one of them, as relevance to this, one of them had his portrait and it had this dog next to this, this man. And this dog was way oversized. And the proportions were completely off. Mm-hmm. It turns out that, that the reason being that the artist knew that that, the, 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 that dog was dead, had died years ago, but the, the, the person who was making a portrait of loved that dog. And he was basically, you know, using um, uh, his his emotions and his uh, adoration for this dog and changing reality because they could. Exactly. Exactly. There's, there's no limit to what they're drawing. It's, you don't have to replicate reality, which is what definitely the Asia and definitely what the bridge is about. Yeah, game, games have the same uh, artistic freedom. Yeah. You look at Proteus, for heaven's sake. <laughs> <laughs> many, many games. I mean, you can name example well, after example of, of oh, yes. video games that just, you know, you take your artistic expression, your imagination, and you, you uh, allow the player to not only see what's in your head, but actually experience it, which is something video games are able to accomplish that other uh, mediums aren't. Indeed. Indeed. So, lead on to my, my next question is going to relate to the last one. Um, but only slightly and some people don't like to answer it because they don't want to isolate someone but is there anyone you particularly admire in the industry and, and why? Um, well I guess in terms of in the industry the video uh, game industry not, not yeah. Industry. <laughs> yeah yeah um, well I would say Braid was a huge inspiration for the bridge and so John Blow would, would be uh, the person I admire the most at least in terms of uh, you know when I was when I was designing the levels for the bridge, because I borrowed similar design philosophies. You did. Um, There's even example, doors and everything. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, for example, like one one thing that Braid does very well is treats the player's time as valuable um, in terms of there's no redundancy and there's no wasted time. A lot of video games, you you go around and it seems like added fluff just so they can say the gameplay is longer. Oh. Yeah, there's loads of games that are guilty of that. Um, yeah, and it's it's a really a, a sin when creating a, a game because players, you know, it's just it's idle time just to to go through the game world, and that that's great and all, but that's not really why they're playing the game. And, and so, trimming yeah. out that fat is is a, um, a huge thing that both Braid and the Bridge both do. Always something happening, even when you're not interacting with it. There's still something moving on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something another developer uh, raised. So I'll do interview of your, your 18th guest now. Well, well done, <laughs> you. Uh, and uh, one of um, Roll Seven, they did uh, uh, Ollie Ollie, uh, like a skateboarding game on the Vita, uh, now on the PS4. And the reason I mention it is they've got this new game coming out, and uh, they have this, one of the things that they were they went to GDC and they sort of mentioned this talk given by a chap who was saying that. You, know, you always have to have something moving on the screen even when the, the player isn't doing anything. 
otherwise it's just dead so you know they have to they had the little main character in this game this it's just bobbing up and down for no reason it's just <laughs> standing there bobbing up and down and the bridge is the same thing you have that wonderful sort of looks like each frame is being redrawn over and over and over again and that's exactly what's going on and uh that's that's beautiful but Last question. This is my favourite question I love to ask developers because uh, it also shows that they do like games too, you know, <laughs> and they do play them too. So it can be any form of game. Uh, it can be tabletop as well. I'm a big fan of tabletop games as well. So what games or game are you currently distracting yourself with when you really should be coding? <laughs> well, most, most of the time I, I am coding because when, you know, when it comes down to playing a game or making a game, I, I often prefer actually making them but when it does Indeed. come to playing yeah. when it does come to playing um i've actually recently been diving into portal 2 community levels so i think um not necessarily the portal 2 gameplay but there are thousands of, of you know user generated portal maps and it's it, it blows my mind how many different completely different puzzles can be made from the exact same number of mechanics it's it's, well, that's um, one of the many genius aspects of Portal, isn't it, really? It wasn't yeah. just a humor, everyone, <laughs> although that was bloody funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So are these all co-op? Uh, no, actually, I usually play single player, um, right. but, they're, but they're community level. So like any, anyone, any user out there on Steam can, you know, go into the Portal 2 level generator and make, make their own puzzles. And uh, basically they... People vote on them, whether or not they're they're good or new or interesting, etc. And the ones that get voted on the most get you know popped up to the top of the the user created list. And uh, and some of them blow my mind. Like they are phenomenal puzzles that are you know dozens and dozens of different unique clicks that happen in your head as you solve them, all from the exact same base mechanics. You it's, must it's, really empathize with these people then. I, I do. I, I mean, yeah. I, I went through very similar, you know, design principles on the bridge, but it gets me thinking. Like, I'm I'm one designer, and I can come up with only so much. I I created you know 48 unique puzzles for the bridge over the course of three years, but it almost makes me think. Like, what if I had opened up uh, the development process of the bridge and created a level editor, etc., and said, "Hey, community, what can you what can you make?" And I wonder how many different. How, how different the game would be, how many different types of puzzles around the same base mechanics there, there could have been. Yeah, um, I mean, I've actually started to delve into creation myself because, like I said, for many, many, many years, I had this rather weird perception that in order to make really good games, or actually to, to develop games to, from beginning to end, you need to have at least a base understanding of assembly because you had to hit the hardware to, to get it to work uh, because that's how games are fast and optimised and that sort of thing. This is a lie Mr Chris um, <laughs> it, it was true 15 years ago, 20 years ago but not, not, not so much now uh, which has led me now to, I've actually delved into Project Spark um, just to test my ideas uh, which is what's on the Xbox One, it's really fun to yeah. actually, just create stuff like that um, you know, I did a little bit of Little Big Planet, but my big problem, with Little Big Planet, was basically the core platforming was bad. Uh, no <laughs> offense to any Little Big Planet fans out there, but it's too floaty. Why would you have floaty controls in a platformer? Ugh, 
don't do that. So that's maybe run off to Super Mario to cleanse my my, my <laughs> platformers, uh, which are which are you know the pinnacle in my opinion. But um, anything else apart from Portal Two user created levels, which are fantastic, I'm have to dive in. I never did that. I only did the single player game, then played the co-op, and okay, I'm done. <laughs> no, yeah, if you haven't played the some of the user created stuff, I do too, it, it, it's 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 like a lot of the honestly a lot of the the puzzles are somewhat better than the actual ones of the campaign. Yeah. Surprisingly, like, they're not made by a, a Valve designer. How could they be? But um, a lot of them are. It's just because when you when you open up a system to millions of people, and you know the top ten get voted up to the top, you know they're going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, um, anything else? Um, uh, just a few other puzzle games on my on my list. I go through. I usually play a lot of single player puzzle games. Like yeah, well, threes. <laughs> Have you avoided threes? Um, I have not avoided threes. Threes <laughs> is a wonderful game. It is a wonderful game. Uh, it's it's the one game that I keep on coming back to, over and over. Okay, well that ends the first half of the show. We're going to do the music conclude, and then uh, we'll go on to talk about the core of this. What the show is really about is tell us about the bridge. So Ty, you did start yes. off the show uh, explaining a little bit about it, but now the, sh- the, the floor is yours. All right. Give us the pitch, which you've probably been given for the last four years. Yes, it's a very well-practiced pitch. <laughs> Here we go. Off you well, go. Um, essentially, the bridge is M.C. Escher meets Isaac Newton. Uh, you wake up one day in this M.C. Escher-style black-and-white pencil-drawn world. You're like, what's going on? Oh, look at that. I can control gravity. And so you you end up going through all of these these puzzles that gently introduce different gravitational mechanics. You first simply just rotate the gravity. You know you got to collect this moving key to open the store. Oh look, there's this giant death ball menace that'll that'll uh, kill you if you touch it. Um, and then I add gravitational vortexes, you know, parallel dimensions, uh, lots of various other other things that complicate the puzzles even more. As you, as you go through this journey to figure out what is this world that you're in and uh, go through the story of the bridge. Exactly. Could have put it better myself. <laughs> and um, it is very much about the use of gravity and, and, and momentum. It mm-hmm. plays a big role. And timing. Uh, because this is very much a platform. It requires skill, everyone. Not just... Uh, a rather, you know, a brain that would willing to look outside 
not just a box, but we barely recognize there's a box there in the first place. Um, just <laughs> well, it certainly does require a brain, but it does require uh, a brain, but requires... it does take uh, physics into account. It's a very physics based uh, puzzler. Yeah, it is a physics based, but, but what struck me is when I first saw screenshots and images of it, I thought that looks rather sedate experience. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, you do need some dexterity there, not too much. Although some, some of the puzzles or some of the levels can be devilish. But, um, and I think there's almost more than one way to solve them sometimes. Is that right? Occasionally. There are maybe, there are maybe three or four out of the 48 puzzles that have multiple solutions. But most of them are like, oh. Most them, yeah, yeah, most of them have just the one. And it I was is, really trying to hold in on the aha moment that you get. Um, yeah. You brought up you brought up threes earlier as a as a puzzle game, and that's a that's a great example of a puzzle game. But it's it's a game with almost infinite number of solutions, right? It but, is. Um, and people bridge, say, "Oh, it's too random." Like, actually, no. If you think it's random, you're probably not playing it right. Right. It's <laughs> certainly not random, but there are. Uh-oh. Certainly, multiple ways to to optimize the gameplay in that. Yes, I saw everything as... into a corner, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, it works more along the lines of, of one solution for every level. You have this this one thing that just clicks into place, and you you might struggle over a level for ten or fifteen minutes. You're like, oh, aha, I get it, and it, it feels you know that wonderful feeling you get when you play puzzle games I like think that. The, the key to it is, don't be afraid to backtrack. It's okay. Yes. In fact, I have a button for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you do have a button, go and rewind. But what I was thinking, more like, it's like Rubik's Cube, okay? In that, in order to create, you must destroy. You have right. to create a level or create a side that is, you know, you have to plot ahead. Say, yes, you're going to put, put yourself in what seemingly looks like a ridiculous place. But mm-hmm. it's all for the, 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 you know, the means justified the end sort of thing so well the end justifies the means as to say so mm-hmm. you, can, you know it's seemingly a logical thing well, why am i over there i need to get to there like yeah but if you tilt yourself around and go full vertical or have you then it's okay you know yes. so it's all thinking about you know um you you because you have this ability to manipulate gravity mm-hmm. time gravity uh that makes a huge huge difference Exactly, it completely changes the way you you see the the world. Yeah, which is allows you to mess around with perspective <laughs> and create parallel universes. Yes, etc. etc. Because I mean, why stop at just gravity, eh? <laughs> right. <Carry on. laughs> which um, leads me to my next question. I'm good at segues. Uh, can you? <laughs> although I just ruined it by describing it as one. Um, can you describe to us how the game evolved? I, I, it's, it's this particular one. How did what came first? Was it the rotating gravity manipulation, or what, what was it? What was the germ of the idea that came into being that is now the bridge? My, my original idea, the, the you know the stroke of brilliance that led to the, design <laughs> of the game, is I, I was actually walking down a really long hallway one day, very long, to the point where it takes like three or four minutes to walk to the other side. I was like, what if I just sat on the ground and rotated the gravity in forty-five degrees and just slid down like a giant slide? And that uh, kind of inspired me to make a game about gravity and and what it would be like to change it and what would happen. Um, Originally, my before I, I realized I wanted to make a puzzle game, I was going to make a, a fast-paced platformer with a lot of action and no brain, all dexterity about changing gravity. But 
as I continue to think of, of what I could do uh, uh, with gravity and um, how I could incorporate that into the gameplay, um, it started to more and more uh, remind me of some of MC Escher's works because I've, I've always been a, a big fan of Escher and I was pretty familiar with his works, um, like Relativity for one, specifically the one with uh, the staircases going in, in, in various gravitational directions uh, on a 90 degree the plane. One I've, yeah, it's probably one I've stared at the most as well. It's probably one of his most famous um, yeah. But it, it very much reminded me of that as I started thinking about it. I was like, wow, you know what? It would be very interesting to merge the the idea of, of changing gravity with the works of Escher. Um, and they kind of you know kind of organically went from there. I knew I wanted I wanted a player to feel like he was inside of an Escher drawing kind of had come to life. Um, and I, I kind of realized that having gravity rotation was a great way to explore these impossible architectures that if you were just constrained to having gravity pointing down all the time you wouldn't be able to walk through them at all yes i mean it, it wouldn't work i mean that's exactly the, that's the way these the escher drawings that's the only way you could work otherwise again you would fall and break your neck exactly uh, and so <laughs> and so um kind of the two concepts just married together very well impossible architecture in an Escherian world and uh gravity rotation in a very newton-esque world so yeah they, I, uh, Escher meets Newton, and that, that became the core premise, and uh, I was basically able to go from there. That's one. So, you know, any advice to any potential designer out there? Just open your eyes. Just don't stop dreaming about what if. You have to see the world as a game, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> write down every single idea you have, and absolutely yes. Some of them are going to be great, you know, bad. I was going to say a horrible word, but some some is going to be like awful. But all creation is actually ultimately destructive, too. As a writer, I mean, I've written a lot as well. Is using my first, second, maybe third paragraph is actually destroyed after I've written it. Which is like, yeah. Makes, yeah. I threw it's, I threw out most of the levels I designed with the bridge. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe ten percent of the levels I actually drew on paper end up in the game. Yeah, <laughs> just the way it's the way it is. It's okay. It's all right. Don't worry about it. The game would be uh, much worse if it had 480 puzzles where 90 well, percent of them were terrible. You and I have seen that. We've seen that in the games where they just throw content at it for the sake of content. Yeah, a lot of people think that's 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 what you need to do. Oh, I really need to have a game that takes you know 10 hours of gameplay. But honestly, if it's an hour of, of golden gameplay versus 10 hours of mostly terrible gameplay, <laughs> the hour's better. Yeah, I mean, for example, I'm playing through the room two at the moment. I'm probably about halfway through it. I'm really, you know, I know I'm going to finish it. That's not a problem. It's okay because mm-hmm. that game's sublime, as is yours. You know, it's it's okay to have these shorter experiences. You know, we don't have to wander for hours on end in Warcraft because that game's designed to make you play for hours on end because otherwise you wouldn't pay subscription, now would you? Exactly, and that's that's the, that's the uh, that's the flip I was talking about earlier. Where yeah, yeah. Game, game designers just add add these arbitrary things to to take up time. Yeah. Like, oh, how long does it take? Oh, ten hours. Oh, that's that's, that's a good buddy for money. No, <laughs> it might not be one of those. Anyway, we're getting off track because. My next question is really related to what you've already highlighted to, but I wanted to go into more detail about this, but how on earth did you design these levels? Um, I always drew them on paper first. I had a, a, a sketch pad um, right. where I, I would just 
you know, sketch out the very basic architecture of a level. Right. Um, and then I was able to basically, uh, since it was a sketch pad physically in my hands, I could rotate it in my hands and imagine the, the world rotating. I, I would literally take my book and rotate it upside down as I imagine the player walking around on the surface of one of these puzzles. Would do. Um, and uh, I would just, um, I would basically come up with a shape that looked interesting and see if it was possible. A lot of times it wasn't even possible, so I threw it away. Well, a lot of times the shape looked interesting, but the puzzle wasn't interesting. The puzzle wasn't there. Or I would, I would come up with a, uh, a certain mechanic of the puzzle. Like I want, you know, I want the player to have to fall over this, this death ball menace and then have to rotate the world and have the menace fall over the player and then the player fall over the menace again to get to the door or something like that. And then I would start to sculpt the shape of the puzzle around that. Um, I, can, I can see how that would have worked. Some of the levels definitely seem to be a kernel of an idea that then spread out from that central premise. Mm-hmm, exactly. That happened a lot. We just like, to, well, this is the base core mechanic of this level. I'm going to then build some periphery elements to it mm-hmm. to make it more entertaining because it can't be just that from A to B. I want it A, B, C, D, E, F, if you don't mind. Thank yeah. you very much. Which is um, where, you know, the, the vortices. Oh, God, the vortices. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and then basically once, once I had it on paper, I would uh, implement it in the game and basically just black boxes, no, no uh, formal art at that point. And I would have you know, other people play it because I can think it's as interesting as I, as I want to think. But I, th- I think most of them are interesting or, or, you know, challenging puzzles. But then I'll have other people play it and it'll either be completely unplayable to them, like they won't understand that at all and will never get it. Or it'll be too easy, and so I would I would try to strike that balance with with playtesters um, who didn't invent the puzzle. And then once I was happy with the results there, I, then Mario would would do the art for it. So how much sort of playtesting did you put in? I was, I Quite think, a lot. yes, it shows. Um, yes, but it really, really does show because um, the best one in the world, it could be the best designer in the world. You just don't know. You're too close to that face, yeah, exactly. that whole face, aren't you? You are. You are way too close to your own work. And this yeah. doesn't apply to only puzzle games. If you are making any game at all, yeah. Ex- one of the one of the key things with with game design is playtesting. You have to do a lot of it because every single every single tweak you make, every every fine tune, can drastically change the way the game is actually played. And so you need to get that in front of people to to to, to validate it. Because you can think as the designer, you can think it's it's okay, but in fact, if everyone who plays it hates it, then that's not what you should you know release. I mean, uh, I'll share my own experience and sort of relate relate to this. I'm a I'm a DM as well, so I played. The fourth, the fourth edition and I made this brand new adventure and it was for a competition at PAX and I actually said well I better test this out because I think it's an amazing I think it's the best mm-hmm. thing ever and then I play tested it with my friends and went yeah that's okay but and it just explained broke down all this stuff like maybe you shouldn't have that in there and it it led me to win a lot of the competition so mm. because of that and just because you do need that you, you can be the best designer you know many you know, Jonathan Blow etc definitely are some of the best and, and yourself as well but we're talking about you can't really objectively look at this stuff you can't self-edit you know you may think come on it's easy how could you not understand this yeah because would it plucked from some recess out of your crazy mind you know um 
you know, it's it's not obvious, unfortunately. No, no successful games at all are made, you know, in in a black box by themselves. No, it, all most almost all successful games are thoroughly play tested before release at every stage, every single level before I I even had art put on it. I had a ton of people, at least at least at least six or seven people at at least looking at it. That's great. Which you're talking about the drawing and the art, um, very striking. And you mentioned Mario, uh, yeah. your, your your business partner, your your your, yeah. your fellow founder of your company. Yes, he's um, he's the artist for the game. Um, okay, so it's really quite striking, as I said, and um, the it looks like each screen is drawn over and over again. Is that is that about five or six or ten frames? Oh yes, each each frame of the of the player is is uh, its own hand drawn. He just hand draws every single frame. And what, I mean, it seems to be the same frame is drawn again and again and again. Is that because it seems to be? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I forget how many it is, but maybe ten ten frames for just the idle animation and like walking between both footsteps is maybe twenty or thirty frames. Yeah, and he just kept on, and it just gives that sense of on a human element to it it's less it just draws the player in and why black and white it's because of the isha stuff yeah yeah from the from the very beginning before mario even started on this project i knew i had come to i had come to that that conclusion where i wanted to be escher meets newton i had come to the conclusion where i wanted the entire game to feel like it was inside of an escher drawing and so as soon as i i actually met mario after starting this project and he showed me some of his his uh early concept art and I just I fell in love with the, with the way it looked and that black and white Escherian sense of, of drawing I knew I wanted the entire game to look exactly like what his original concept drawing was yeah I mean I don't want to use the word charm but there is it's a good thing for this game uh, it, it's, a, it's a cliched word but this one is, is perfect because you need that it, 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 because some of the puzzles can be really really devilishly difficult <laughs> not to the point of impossible Right. Because you've reached your, the learning curve. Oh, there's a oh god, but the the, the the training, if you will, of the player is brilliantly done. It's a very it's quite shallow. I don't think it hits. A, no, I never found it. It didn't hit a cliff face for me anyway. I was you know, I did have to t- t- step away from the game a couple of times, which is a good thing. Yeah, it's fine. Um, when you come back to it and and, and solve it naturally, you feel like a genius, which is what's all about. Yes, um, self discovery. I mean, I don't like doing the. Um, the usual um, oh, dive onto YouTube and see if I can solve this for me oh great thanks yeah, that, that, that ruins that ruins yeah, yeah. I, I mean I wouldn't, don't, anyone listen to this do not go to Let's Plays in this it's very very bad they'll ruin <laughs> it for you because um, you know I'm, I'm nothing against Let's Plays when it comes to puzzle games like this puzzle platformers like this it's very bad because you know, yeah. <laughs> even for the first 10 minutes it just ruins it it's just like no discover it for yourself Yes. Which leads me on to my next question. I see good segues. I'm great. Uh, <laughs> the last one, you'd be happy to know. What is the best piece of advice you can give to a new player of the bridge? Just one. What the one piece of advice you'd give to them before they sat down and started playing? What would you say? I think you. I think you just answered the the question for uh, don't don't look at solutions to, to this game. Much like any any puzzle game 
the whole the whole point of of playing the bridge and you know aside from you know the the art and, and atmosphere of the game is the puzzles and it if you if you know the solution to a puzzle then it is no longer a puzzle it's just trotting through the world um and it's so it's 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 very important to, to discover for yourself every every puzzle i've designed to have that aha moment you'll you'll struggle over it. you'll you'll send uh five or ten minutes on on the same level and then you'll it'll click you'll have that oh i i know how to do it i feel like a genius moment um and so yeah just don't ruin that for yourself and yeah i mean it took me over to the space of several uh week or so maybe to because sure. i kept on coming back to it and uh same with Thomas was alone that was just as bad like oh, <laughs> Mr. Biffle what are you doing to me so because I know Mike you know, sod so I just walk away and come back to it and uh, <laughs> so that that's I'm the same with um, Braid you know I walked away from that okay. and came back to it and yeah, oh that's how you meant to do it you know it's just you know, a lot of times I'll do that with a with a puzzle game, and you know your subconscious mind might actually be working on it as you as you sleep, and you come back to it. It's like, oh, it just clicks into place in the shower. Definitely in the shower. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Best things in the world, best of inventions, probably in a shower. Probably. So, <laughs> uh, so sign off, then. So you can get the bridge uh, on Steam, and it's available now on Windows PC, uh, mm-hmm. Macintosh now, and and Linux. Yes. Is that right? That's right. Um, so those of you with Steam boxes, me included, you can now play it on your Steam box. Hooray! Um, <laughs> I had great fun building mine. I'll tell you about that after. And also, it's been out on XBLA for a while, yes. isn't it? Yes. Um, so that's all. Any plans for any other platforms? We have we have intentions for other platforms. Uh, we actually had the game redone in Unity, so um, Ooh. that open that opens up a lot of doors for it for does. PlayStation or Wii U or iPad or Android, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it um, would work quite well on those devices, I think. But it would. I, um, I, yeah, I, I think it would. You could do all sorts of. You could actually have people tilt the entire machine and. Like, yeah, in fact, know? if you actually have a, a Windows eight uh, tablet, it automatically it already works on that since it is available on Windows. Um, yeah. Cool. So. And it's you can buy it directly from yourselves if you go to w. Oh, it's actually, it's not www. It's thebridgeisblackandwhite.com. dot com. That's right. So all one, all one sentence, no spaces, of course. Could have underscores, but no. It's thebridgeisblackandwhite.com. dot com. So I'm, I'm re- revealing my Amiga roots there, but doing underscores. Um, but <laughs> yeah, the OS didn't like spaces, but you could do underscores, and that was fine. Um, so. Again, thank you very much for for coming on the show. Really, thank really you. appreciate it. Uh, and uh, best of luck with the release uh, of this. This now just come out, and uh, we'll hopefully see it on other platforms too for people who want it on that. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review, and you can also don't forget listen to us on Stitcher dot com. So just go to Stitcher dot com, and you can stream the show from there you just look up the sausage factory and you can find us that'd be great you can follow me on twitter at chris o'regan no apostrophes and uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show or actually you're a developer you listen to the show and want your game featured on it please do email me at chris at spong.com bye